0: then is this we too proclaim the truth to all who will hear it we proclaim the truth for all to hear let's pick back up verse 24 and some were persuaded by the things which were spoken and some disbelieved so when they did not agree among themselves they departed after paul had said one word or one thing said one more thing and this one thing upset them so much that they were like we're done what did he say? The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been, have closed. Thus they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, thus they should understand with their hearts in turn so that I should hear them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. And when they had heard, when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Do you see it? That, that was it. That was the, oh. You bring up the Gentiles, like we, we're going to reject the things of God, we worship the true God. We're the ones that worship the true God, not these pagan Gentiles. And You're saying that they're getting it and we're not? Ridiculous. They're out. They walk out. They're frustrated. You know, They're, they're, they're heading out. When he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Verse 30. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence No one forbidding him And we come to the end It's interesting uh, you know, I have a theory I have a theory about two types of, of moviegoers. We'll, we'll kind of see we'll, we'll do my own poll here There's those who go to the movies and they want to see the movie end. They want to see a clear conclusion. And it was a good movie and walk away. And they're okay with the movie ending the end. There's other types of moviegoers. I might be in this camp. But you go see a movie and you know, it feels like things have wrapped up and you get to the end of it and it has these words to be continued. Now some of you, you know that frustrates me. It's like, why couldn't they just have ended this movie and be done with it? Is that you? you like, just, just let the movie stand alone and be done with it, that's some of it. Then there's others of us that we see to be continued. Yeah, we go to see Back to the Future 2 in 1989 and it was like the first one was great and we see the end of it. The greatest trilogy of all time, by the way. And so here I am, 1989, we get to the end of Back to the Future 2 and what words pop up on the screen at the very end? To be continued. What? And then they're going to go on and produce the greatest Western of all time, Back to the Future 3. I mean, it's just incredible, really, right? Uh, you know, so there's two types of people, those who have this, the end, and those who have to be continued. I don't know which camp you're in, but the book of Acts could frustrate you, or it could be like, yes, there's more. Because the book of Acts just ends. They get to the end of chapter 28, and it's like, to be continued. Now, for some people, it's like, that's frustrating. It's like, what? You didn't even wrap things up. You didn't even finish. The, you just kind of said, you know, nobody, nobody was forbidding them, and then it just kind of drops off. But then there's those of us who, who like that there's going to be a continuing saga. We love it every time Star Wars comes out with something. else. we love it every time there was a you know, part one, part two, part three, or back to the future. We love those things. We love the to be continued narrative. In fact, when we get to the, when we get to the book of uh, uh, Acts in the very end this to be continued, I want you to consider how Luke ended the gospel account. Now he wrote Luke and he wrote the Gospel of Acts. How did he and Luke? Listen, Listen to it, Acts 24, verses 50 through 53. And he led them out, this is Jesus, and Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Oh, that's a beautiful conclusion, isn't it? I mean, you read it and you're going, ah, Jesus has ascended. People are excited. They're heading back to Jerusalem. They're seeing salvation has come. And now every single day they're in the temple worshiping and he ends it. And he says, they're praising and blessing God. That's a super clear ending to the book. Acts doesn't end that way. It just kind of ends. Some have suggested that the abrupt ending of the book of Acts shows that Luke had more to write. They suggest that he intended to come back and write more. Some have suggested maybe there's a a missing paragraph or a missing chapter. Could I suggest this, that the book that we have today as Acts is exactly the book that God intended for us to have? and that it ends exactly where God intended it for, to end. And here's why. I think, it co- I think that it contributes to the idea that the mission continues, to be continued. There's more, there's more. There is a chapter 29, and it's sitting at this table, and that table, and that table, and this table, and that table, and this table. And this table. We are the continuation. There is more to Acts, and it's what we're doing today. We're a new church. We're a new church. We're we're a church plant. It's still going on today. The very thing that the Apostle Paul did on his missionary journeys in starting new churches. And here we are, 2,000 years later, and chapter 29 continues. We are the continuation. But what happened to Paul, what happened? I mentioned that he was, he was there for two years under house arrest, he was then released from house arrest for a period of one year. And over the period of that year, he's going to travel some, he's going to travel and visit some of the believers that he uh, had spoken to, had written to, and he wanted to encourage them. In fact, as soon as he's uh, out from house arrest, he's going to write first Timothy. And write the book of Titus shortly after his release. However, after the as the, after that final year, as that year of travel comes to a close, he's going to be arrested again and taken back to Rome. It is Paul's second imprisonment that was not quite as comfortable as the first. We saw the first one, and we read about it, and we. We recognize well. This is this house arrest is not bad. He had a lot of freedoms. Uh, he was given great liberty, the ability to rent his own house. He had the ability to 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 speak to the Praetorian Guard. But his second imprisonment was harsh conditions. Um, he was more like an, instead of a rented house, he was in a hole in the ground, a dungeon-style prison where he is going to be fed through a hole, where there's no hope of getting out. And Paul then writes his final letter from Rome. His last words that we have in writing, it's 2 Timothy. And Paul writes these last words, the book of 2 Timothy, I want you to hear this section in light of that context. I want you to hear it because it's so important. Sometimes in our Bible studies, we're not looking at it with all of this in perspective. We can read through 2 Timothy and learn some great things, but if we put it in the context of all that Paul has been through on this journey, and all of the things that he has done, and all of the hardships that he has endured, and that he has been in, under house arrest for two years, then he traveled, and then he got rearrested, Only this time it's much more brutal, and he's headed back to Rome. He has one more book in him, 2 Timothy. And what does he write? Because he knows he's about to face execution. And he knows that this is probably his last letter. So I want you to listen, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner. Now let's pause there. Paul was being abandoned. There were a lot of people that were, didn't want to be associated with him any longer. They were like, oh, it's arrested again. And they were embarrassed by it. They were ashamed. And a lot of them said, I don't want to have anything to do with him anymore. So not only has, is Paul enduring the hardship of a much more harsh prison, being stuck in a hole, people that he's invested his life in have now abandoned him. And he's writing, and he's telling Timothy, hey, don't, don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. And, hey, ignore hey, me, his prisoner. You can hear the, just the, I mean, there's heartbreak here. It's just, it, you're, you're sensing Paul's sense of abandonment. He's like, Timothy, I don't want you to give up on me, too. But don't give up on the Lord and his testimony. They didn't want to be, people didn't want to be associated with him. They were shamed with him, with the Apostle Paul. They wanted to distance themselves. Paul even shares about some of those who deserted him. He even mentions some of them by name. Let's keep reading. It says, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffered these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. What do we see? I love that. We've probably heard Paul say, I'm not ashamed before. You know, we're familiar with him saying those, well what was he saying? He's like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of those things. What was that rooted in? He saw other people who were ashamed of him being arrested. He saw that in him. And he was like, I don't want you to be ashamed of me, but more importantly, I don't want you to be ashamed of the gospel. I don't want you to be ashamed. And I'm not ashamed. Even though he's in chains, he's not ashamed. So Paul continues to say to Timothy keep standing firm stand strong in your faith stand strong and, and be strong in grace endure any hardship that might come your way keep preaching the word and then the very last chapter of 2nd Timothy is very very last of his written words 2nd Timothy 4 verse 1 I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Why I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What's he talking about? Jesus is coming back. We have a mission. Preach the gospel. Make sure the word of God doesn't get chained up. You don't don't be one bit ashamed. Stand firm. Be bold in in the grace of God. Church, I can confidently say we're in the last days. The scripture tells us that. We're in the last days. Christ is returning for his bride. So here's the question. When does the book of Acts end? It does. It will end. When will the final chapter be written? It ends when the time of harvest ends and Christ returns. It ends at that point because then there is no longer a reason for us to continue to share the gospel because the hope of Israel has now been fulfilled. In its entirety. He has come. He has proven the resurrection. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And now he is saying it's over. There's no reason to continue to proclaim the gospel because the last ones have now accepted the Lord. It's done. The end has come. The time for the church to spread the gospel will eventually come to a close. The book of Acts will eventually end. The final chapter will be written. And as I watch these global events unfold, we are seeing the foundational work for the rise of the antichrist and the ultimate return of Jesus. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do until then? Three things. Number one, if you have not yet given your life to Christ, do so. Behold now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, 2 Corinthians 6.2. The Apostle Paul says, don't put it off. Don't wait for another. You may not have another time. Today is the day of salvation. First thing we can do, give your life to Christ. What's the second thing we can do. Return to church. Return to church. The reason I say that, Hebrews 10.25 says this for us not to be forsaking of the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and hear this, and so much the more as you see the day approaching." What's he saying? He says, you, you do it even more so as you see his return becoming more and more imminent, more and more obvious. As Jesus' return becomes more and more obvious, he says, Don't neglect, and I'm afraid that And we've had these conversations with different people about how COVID has kept a lot of people away from the church. Church, it is time to get back, it is time for us to get back into church, back into the fellowship of one another, and we need one another, and we need to do it so much more so as the day is approaching. What's the third thing we can do? Live on mission. Live out the gospel, missional living. Listen to what it says in Matthew 24. Therefore you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is faithful and as, as wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food and be seasoned. Blessed is that servant whom his master when he comes we're find so doing what's he saying he says that the wise servant is the one who's out in the field working when the master comes back that's the wise servant not the one who's kicking back and just going well i just didn't i didn't know you were coming back so soon or i didn't think you were coming back at all you were gone such a long time i just thought you'd abandon us and we just do what we wanted And there's going to be a lot of excuses Is the wise servant is the one who continues out in the field and continues to maintain things. Knowing that the master could come home at any moment. The wise servant is busy in the fields. Church, that's what we need to be doing. We don't know how long he is going to, before he returns. But his return is imminent. And our role is to do what? Be busy when when he gets here. Last thing I want to do. Is for the Lord to show up and me to be embarrassed because I wasn't doing something for Him. Last thing I want is for the Lord to show up and for Him to say, "Why were you doing this when you could have been doing this?" Church, give your life to Jesus, return to the church, and live on mission. That leads me to one last thought. May we be found as the faithful workers in the field of the harvest when the master returns.